Blog Talk Radio. Hello, world out there, Los Angeles area in particular. This is Dr. Carol Francis on Make Your Life Happen, Make Life Happen. Today we have a really interesting a way to approach the powerfulness of your life. It is the examination of you as having the capacity to alter, to change, to create. I love the word create. That's why I'm so adamant about having the phrase make life happen. Make life happen in my email, make life happen on my my webpage. Because the truth of the matter is we don't have a choice to do anything else but to make our life happen. The difficulty in this concept, however, is that what how do you explain people who have At the hands of individuals who have been abusive um, or have been cruel or circumstances that seem to be out of their control, such as along the lines of natural disasters, tsunamis, earthquakes, fires, how about those individuals who are kidnapped or their children are kidnapped or killed or harmed? How about individuals who have married other individuals that seem to be very, very nice but they turned out to be abusive. Even those individuals, as we've seen in the news, the individuals that have tried to kill them or have succeeded in killing them. Are we therefore going to say that those people have actually created their circumstances and their circumstances seem to be so much out of their control? I want you to take that reality that does exist. I want you to put it in a box, so to speak, and say this is the yet-to-be-explained portion of what it means to be creating life. I think that one of the best books that has ever been written about the incidental and the accidental aspects of life and the frustrations, the feeling of being powerless about it, is actually in the Old Testament, the Bible. And I laugh at that because why would I why would I be taking a document that's just so old? I mean, this is probably about it three to five thousand year old uh, uh, manuscript that was written and it is the book of Job. And in the book of Job, Job goes through these very horrible circumstances that involve physical illness, the well-being of his children, the well-being of his wife, his financial well-being, his home environment, and since he does some land, cattle, agriculture, the well-being of his cattle, his agriculture, destroyed. His reputation in the community, destroyed. His ability to function, destroyed. And he says, what is happening to me? I'm a good man. I'm a good citizen. I take care of things. I've not done anything wrong. So that the book of Job is contradictory to the experience of that we are in charge of creating our life but it expresses that contradiction with a great deal of passion and bewilderment. In one aspect of that, in the 13th chapter, Job decides to argue with God. God, why are you doing this with me? And all the wise counsel around Job says, oh, how dare, how dare you argue with God? God's God. You know, honestly, God has a reason. You must have done something you uh, obviously God knows what he's doing. We don't know why. Don't argue. Don't argue with God. God's God. And Job's expression is, no, 
I'm going to believe in God, but nonetheless, I'm going to argue my case before God. And I think that the power of being able to make life happen and create your life has that component in it as well. So that if you're in a situation that you feel has happened to you that does not reflect yourself the way you're mirrored, so to speak, the way, or doesn't reflect what you've intended to create or the power that you put into it to create something different, and you've been subject to something so completely opposite of what you ever worked toward or thought about, then you have to also realize that you've been thrown into a captive land where still you need to create your life, but part of your creation path is going to be arguing your case before whatever uh, expression of divinity, God, higher self that you embrace. And if you don't embrace an expression of divinity, arguing your case in front of the nebulous of life is still part of you creating something that's going to be worthwhile post the circumstance. I start off the presentation on being able to create out of intention, attraction, karma, uh, the synchronicity. These are the magical laws. These are four of several magical laws that govern the ability to be able to create your life the way you want to. But never do I hear in all the language about secrets or the power of intention or the law of attraction that we do have to make this space for the tragic. And the tragic that doesn't necessarily relate to anything that is specifically what you're creating. Later in the weeks to come, I will be broadcasting an interview with author Michael Ortiz Hill where he writes about the sacred illness that he experienced, which is multiple sclerosis, and the various dimensions of that. And he describes having the tragedy introduced into his life in order for him to be able to experience a series of lessons. And it comes about that he wanted to learn those lessons and therefore manifested the opportunity to learn those lessons. Well, he speaks about it in a very different language than the language of attraction or the language of secrets, which we've all grown more accustomed to in in this realm. However, he does trace the spiritual powerfulness of embracing the tragedies in such a way as to create a greater process, a greater prospect, a greater healing that would not have been possible if he hadn't traversed through the tragedies of multiple sclerosis. That is going to be up and coming. Uh, It already is on YouTube under Dr. Carol Francis, where you will see Michael Ortiz Hill in three of eight different interviews, uh, where he's graced us with a great deal of wisdom from his Buddhist and shamanic uh, training in Africa. So let's go now, having started that presentation with the disclaimer of tragedies happen, and they're not always about what you've been creating and go toward how you make life happen. Law of attraction, write it down. Law of intention, write that down. (laughs) Law of synchronicity, and law of karma. 
These are four laws. They are not the only laws that seem to govern the ability to make life happen, to be able to create things in your own image. I want to make it as practical as I possibly can. And therefore, the pragmatic applications of these laws pertain to ultimate health, love, good relationships, soulmates, things of that sort, wealth in terms of fiscal capacity to spend money and to earn money, collect money, save money, economics, the economics of life, then also the ability to be in control of your life so that you can have ultimate um, capacity to express yourself. I'm referring to here the ability to manage your weight, to not indulge in drugs, medications, cigarettes, so forth and so on that cause you harm, the ability to avoid obsessive or compulsive sorts of uh, practices or habits such as uh, gambling, drinking, and also a compulsive expression of sexuality as opposed to a loving and intimate expression of sexuality. Those are control issues. These are the issues, uh, the, the basic big issues that people come to my office to be able to address. The well-beings in their relationship, the well-being of their ability to earn money, the well-being of being happy, being able to manifest happiness at work in themselves, the well-being of liking who they are, which has a lot to do with habit control or self-control, but also has to do with the general sense of, of feeling good about oneself. And these aspects of life are what people want to create. The first and most important element, function that you have to do, since our time will go so short, but this is going to be two actually in a series of discussions about this is to get yourself focused, defined, on each of the dimensions that you want to change. And the focus is very concrete. So in other words, your mind has to mentalize a clear goal. It's often best to set a clear goal that is doable in your mind as opposed to one that is not doable when you're learning how to do the manifestation process. But I have seen so many, quote-unquote, unbelievable miracles manifested because of these exact same techniques applied on what appeared to be the unimaginable aspects of life. But let's say, for example, you want to be a certain size uh, because you know that's healthier. It allows you to be flexible, movable, not hurting your heart, and attractive. And so let's say that you're a size 20 and you'd love to be a size 14. Then what you do in your mind, you say, size 14. Let's say you weigh uh, 220 pounds and you're 5 foot 6, and you say, 5 foot 6, ideally, I need to be about 130 pounds. So you say to yourself, okay, 30, 130 pounds. So that you discuss and label in your mind the goal. Not, oh my gosh, that means 90 pounds to lose. Nor, uh, nor, oh my gosh, that means I have you know, six sizes to lose. You mentalize and focus on the goal, what it is you're wanting. Now here's number two. In the process of bringing the law of attraction, the law of intention closer to you, 
you focus on the experience of what that's going to be like. This visualizing process can be done verbally, orally, writing it down. And you flesh it out. You image it so it's very, very big. This is not any different than making a business plan. So if you're going to open up a business, you have to have a business plan in order to be able to apply for a loan. It's no different than actually filling out the documents for the bank loan and saying, I want to buy this house. I found the house. Now I need to get the money. Where can I get someone to help me finance the remaining portions of the money? Oh, I have all this paperwork to fill out. In other words, it's concretizing what it is you need to do, fill out the paperwork, flesh out the details of what you are going to be experiencing once you have attained what you need. So if you need to attain a certain outfit size, if you need to want, need, focus, desire to become a certain weight, then you need to focus on the experience of what that's going to be. Now, I'm going to pull back a little bit because I have found in the process of manifesting that actually to focus on the next weight level so if you weigh 220 and you're five foot six and you'd like to be 130 pounds, that's fine. But concretely speaking, you could focus on, I'm going to be 210. I'm going to be 210 in two months. And that becomes your mantra, your focus statement. It's a statement of attention. And now every moment of your day, you are meditating on the experience of 210, 210. 210, and you're thinking about what it will feel like, what will it look like, what clothes you can wear, what it will feel like on your body, and you're visualizing, you're, you're creating the experience in the now. One thing I like about Eckhart Tolle's books on the power of the now and his subsequent books, The New Earth, is the experience of you have no moment but now. Of course, that concept, so well fleshed out by him in modern day language, has been around for centuries, for decades, for millennia, <laughs> by very, very wise writers, we have the now. So you are creating the intention of the now based on what you want it to be as a goal, but it's in the now. Now, here are the components. You want to think it. You want to flesh it out. You want to dramatize it. You want to talk it out. You want to have it in words. You want to have it in feelings, affect emotion. When you take the time to meditate on what your goal is, you want to encompass an emotional experience of the greatness, the good, the awe, oh, the fantastic, the, the wow, the oh, yes, I needed this. The awe is a great term to kind of capture. This. You want to feel enthusiastic and the enthusiasm, the joy around that particular item. That brings in the emotions. And now thirdly, once you've done the legwork of the thinking, once you do the legwork of meditating on the thoughts, the imagery, then you also simultaneously want to include the legwork of meditating and thinking and feeling, feeling, affect, emotion. You want to create and transform the physiology of your body to be excited about the now of being able to image this goal. Thirdly, every action you take during the course of this day, in the course of the now, 
is in light of that particular focus. That is the encompassing, all-encompassing aspect of it. It's, yes, this is it. This is what I'm doing right now for this. This is in place. This is part of it. Oh, yes, that's my, that's my thought. That's my feeling. That's my image. That's my goal. That's, that's the now. Yeah, that's great. Oh, that's going to affect whether or not I take that donut that's being offered in the hallway down, down the way at work or not. So I'm not. Because I'm in the now of what I'm creating. This is the law of attraction combined with the law of intention. Now, it's important to know the law of karma as it relates to the law of attraction. You reap what you sow. What's inside you becomes outside you. What is around you becomes a reflection of the inside of you with the caveat of the initial disclaimer in this presentation. So that what you're actually experiencing is that lesson, that knowing that what's there, I'm going to assume, is there because I created it. So if I don't like it, I will have a lot more power about changing it if I assume, whether accurately or not, that I was the creator. I somehow created this circumstance, this relationship, this money situation, this body, uh, this, this habit, I somehow participated in the creation of it. I'm going to assume that I entirely created it so that I can have the power to modify it. So that the law of karma, if you don't entirely believe it, or even if you don't entirely believe the law of attraction, because of the recognition that trauma somehow seems to happen incidentally, which gets into synchronicity, without necessarily having summons it. But if you assume that somehow you did, accurately or not, you suddenly begin to have a different relationship with what is in your life. The relationship is, well, if I created it, how do I uncreate it? How do I create what I want? What do I do differently so that my next karmic expression of life, I create, I reap what I sow, the next karmic expression of my life is going to be more in fitting with what I want. Now, I think about these people who have suffered from the tsunami or the hurricane, Katina, or the earthquakes that are, were recently in Italy, et cetera, et cetera. We could go on with these you know, painful disastrous situations or why individuals have to be subjected to bombings in one area or not another or why are they kidnapped in Korea, North Korea, when, when they were just trying to make, you know, all the, we could go to, they didn't deserve it, they didn't deserve it, they didn't deserve it. And, and all of that is an accurate perspective from the standpoint that it makes sense, it's logical, and of course, no one would call upon themselves, oh, a consciousness of having been a victim of a tsunami, or they have their child kidnapped. They just people do it, don't summon this, typically. 99.9% of the time, people don't summon those things to them. But nonetheless, to express yourself in whatever situation you're in that you do not like in the form of, okay, if consciously or unconsciously, higher self or lower self, earth self, somehow attracted this, brought this in, or I created it, that gives me the power in the moment to reverse, modify, change, or create something that will move me out of this situation. And it is in that type of thinking 
that you find the power to motivate yourself to mobilize, which gets us to the point of action. So we've talked about the thinking, we've talked about the feeling, we've mentioned action before, but now we really have a reason to act. The issue of sitting still in blame and victimization, two most stuck positions anyone can have. Blame, blame, stuck, blame, stuck. You're so stuck when you blame. You're also so stuck when you're a victim, victim, victim. You can't seize hold of attraction, intentionality, even karma if you're blaming others. So now let's talk about synchronicity for just the 60 seconds we have left. Synchronicity is about something in my life to teach me about something else going on. Something is there. Everything is there for a reason. It's not coincidental. It's there for a reason. And if you believe it as a function of how you're going to react, you'll actually find yourself able to think differently about each and every event that walks into your life. Now, I'm not saying that you suspend all logic and reasonable thought about something accidentally occurring to you. Because again, as I said at the beginning of this presentation, I believe there are traumas and events that occur to us that are a part of a collective process or maybe perhaps summons to us from, for unknown reasons. The book of Job addresses that extremely clearly. On the other hand, if you walk in the state of mind of synchronicity, you actually have a greater power to take everything that's happening to you and say, okay, what's happening here? What is it teaching me? What is it informing me of? What is the way I can react to this that makes this the best possible growth moment, moving toward my goal, helping another person? What is the best possible growth moment I can create out of what's present in my life? So that now you have a relationship with events that come towards you with the belief that it's there for positive reason if you can sculpture your response, not necessarily your reaction, but your response to what's present in a way that creates the next now in the most optimal way. So that relationship with the world, as if you believe in the law of synchronicity, equips you for being able to seize hold of the moment, the carpe diem of life, and say, okay, I'm going to take this moment and I'm going to move it to this. If, however, you take the synchronicity of an event that makes you feel like someone else is in control and now you're the victim or some natural phenomenon is in control and now you're the victim or something internal to you is in control and now you're the victim, you will miss out on the opportunity to seize hold of the synchronicity, the message of the synchronicity, and to seize hold of the experience that presents itself for you to move to the next step of creative growth. But by being able to embrace, by being able to embrace that process, synchronicity is there for my own benefit. Huh, what am I going to do with this moment? Here it is, and here I am empowers you to be able to deal with intentionality, karma, and thereby using the law of attraction 
to be able to move to the next. Well, there's so much more to be said. This is a part of a series, and I'm so glad you could join me. If you did call in, I apologize. I was not able to take your call because I am not in front of my switchboard. But please feel free to call, leave messages prior and after at 310-543-1824, and I will address your questions in the next presentation on this matter. Tomorrow we have a wonderful presentation by Dr. Frada Reed on embracing your health by detoxifying. Best to you. Make this day the best you possibly can. Cheers.